and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Sean Decker, and I'd like you to hear something. Controlled Burn by Rainmaker, featuring my pal Miller Rada on guitar and vocals. A lot of folks, including myself, have been eagerly awaiting Miller's return to songwriting, and I have to say that Rainmaking does not disappoint. I've been thinking a lot about like how I ended up, you know, being involved in playing music and and enjoying music, um, and it's. I don't think I remember a time where it wasn't really important in my life because, I mean, I grew up in a musical family. Um, and I was trying to remember, like, the first song that I ever heard, like, just, in, like, the first song that I could remember, like, as an early child. And I think it was um, Video Killed the Radio Star. Oh, yeah? <laughs> um, and, because, like, that's one, I mean, I remember hearing it when I was really, really young, like, on some tape. And it's kind of makes me cry still for some reason. Like it, honestly, I'm thinking about crying right now, just thinking about it. Like it's, it has a really weird, it, it has a, I have a reaction to it that I don't think I should, right. <laughs> but it's a, that feels like a really early memory for me. Like maybe one of definitely like probably my first musical memory is hearing that song. Um, and like, um, I don't know, listening to around the house. Like my, my dad was a musician and I remember he was always playing a lot of like kind of like silly music that was like grown up music, but like shit that was like goofy enough for a child to enjoy. Like a lot of Todd Rundgren around the house. Okay. And like, I don't know, stuff like, like hearing a lot of like, I mean, just singer songwriter stuff in general too. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. And then also a lot of blues. Um, cause my dad was, my dad was, uh, is, I guess still, um, when he can gig, he's really old now, but he's been like a blues, um, bassist for a really long time. Okay. So yeah. did, did your dad like play like loud amps around the house and stuff like that too? Or was that something that was kind of like, like he had a rehearsal space for that or was it? Yeah, he was mostly like rehearsing, not at the house. He, so when I was growing up, um, he was, so he's, he's a like second generation immigrant. His family's from, um, Italy and he, he grew up in Philadelphia. He was the only one to move out West, I think of his family, but he moved out here he moved to San Francisco in the seventies and that's where he met my mom who's from Portland where I grew up too, but moved down to San Francisco for a while. And they met like in the punk scene down there. Cause my dad was playing in punk bands and like playing at the Mubuhai and stuff like that. And, um, he was in a band called the mutants for a while. 
Okay. Which is kind of like a like a more punk B fifty twos, I guess. It's like that sounds like sick, one, honestly. <laughs> it was it is it's a pretty sick band. I've like heard, you know, I've heard stuff of it and it's like yeah, it's like one guy singer and then two lady singers that kind of do like backups and harmonies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so it's <laughs> yeah, it's a, it was cool. But anyway, so um yeah, they met when my dad was playing in like punk bands and then they moved up here. So his, his family, when they immigrated were, um, his family trade is like paper hanging and, and, and house, pa- house painting and stuff. And so, um, he was either doing that or like gigging around at night when I was growing up, like starting to play, I think mostly blues and stuff. Um, <clears throat> so he, um, he was either like sleeping in really late because he had been out playing at a bar all night or something mm-hmm. or like, you know, sometimes I would go paint houses with him when I was like starting to get older, old enough to do that and stuff. Mm-hmm. But all he was doing, like, I remember he would just play piano around the house a lot. Um, and <laughs> sometimes I would like sit underneath the, we just had like a little spin at piano for a while. And I remember like sitting underneath like where the pedals were and like listening to him play piano for a long time. (laughs) Um, but yeah, piano and then like upright bass was like sounds I heard a lot around the house growing up. Yeah. You said musical family. Did your mother also, uh, was she, was she musically like inclined and stuff or just, um, she, um, no, she, she doesn't really play music, but, um, but my, me and my brother both did and started learning pretty young um, because of my dad. So actually, we, we all, for a time, like all of us were bassists. <laughs> so that was kind of cute. <laughs> but. You said that your mom was like met your dad in, in, at, a, at shows and stuff, though. So what was like, do you have have they told you any wild stories from like the Bay Area punk scene, <laughs> like from back in the day or uh, not super specific stories, but I've def- I've heard a lot of like I don't know. Sometimes when like a band will come, because like I I had an older brother that was like c- cool, you know, and got me into punk when I was like in like sixth grade. Like gave me um, Flex Your Head on vinyl when I was in sixth grade, and like kind of rocked my world a little bit. But so we would, you know, certain bands would come up in conversation, and my dad would be like. Oh, like I remember him saying something like, oh, Jello Biafra, that guy's a fucking weirdo or something like that. <laughs> or like he was talking about Flipper. Well, I guess he was really good friends with the guys in Flipper. And he was talking about how they told him they had like started a band or something. And he was like, oh, I didn't know any of you guys played instruments. And they were like, oh, we don't really. But <laughs> <laughs> so little things like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, that's awesome. though. I love that. Yeah. We, we don't like, I don't know. It's <laughs> I mean, that's 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 punk i guess yeah yeah yeah. and it's it's just like yeah i don't know like i i take i've taken this like idea that i've i really grasped a hold of like at a very young age and recently like just decided to start like making comics and i was like why did it take me this long like to do that because i've always been like it doesn't matter if you're any good you know like just do it Mm -hmm. and um yeah yeah it's like that whole thing like somebody's gonna look at 
what you do and and be like, wow, this is amateurish. And be like, well, bingo, you know, like who cares? <laughs> yeah, right. um, but it's uh, like also it's like, well, I had I had fun doing it, so that's yeah. You know, I can look at something that maybe doesn't sound great or look great, yeah. But you know, know that I enjoyed creating it and like that, you know. Right, and it and just like. Wow, well, I didn't know that one of the 50 people that was ever going to look at this was going to be a professional critic about it, you know? Like, like yeah, right. you just, I don't know, when you do things for, like, the sheer joy of it or whatever, you don't have this, like, um, expectation that it's going to be held through a lens because, like, thousands of people saw it or, however, you know, even hundreds of people. You just, like, you're just like, well, I'll just do this, and if anybody likes it then that's cool but um i like your drawings also oh thank you thank you yeah um it's uh it's been fun it's also really nice to um you know not to jump the subject altogether but it's like it's really nice to be able to draw yourself in a slightly more like um like gender confirming way like you know, yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. it's pretty awesome to be not going to lie. That's a, one of my favorite things is being able to just sort of tweak the little things and sort of just make yourself right. feel like that's what I look like. You quell, know? quell the like physical yeah, dysphoria yeah. a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you said your so your brother kind of got you like into punk music and everybody mm-hmm. was bass players <clears throat> at this, you know, at the same time. But like what um what really did was it just like your dad always playing music and stuff that really said to you like this is something i can do or were you in like music at school or that was i mean um i honestly don't remember it being a choice <laughs> he like i i started i started piano lessons when i was 4 oh, okay so i remember like learning how to read like sheet music before I really learned how to read like English <laughs> super well at least you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I remember at least recognizing notes on a staff but before I could like string together a lot of words um from a page but yeah I, I mean I started learning piano really young um and so did my brother too but um it was just something my dad like wanted to make sure that we did um he like pushed us a little bit to do sports but like both me and my brother like obvious i don't know we we, both of us were just really really not interested in in sports at all Mm -hmm. um and so he was kind of like all right well we'll we'll just stick to the music thing i guess and so yeah um and then i was yeah studying i was doing music in school like all through, you know, elementary, middle school, high school. Um, what were you playing in in school bands? So like around, I stopped taking piano lessons when I was like eleven because <laughs> I was starting to learn bass. And I in yeah, like when I was in middle school, I was learning upright bass and um, playing in the middle school jazz band. Um, and we actually had like kind of a, a decent middle school jazz band. Like we like com- would compete regionally and like play sometimes. Like it was 
we're we're okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, um, upright in the in the jazz band, and then like was learning a little bit of of like arco, you know, for the like concert band. But there was no other string. There there weren't any other um, string instruments at my middle school, so I couldn't really learn a lot. It was just like you know concert band like. Cor- just mostly like winds and brass and stuff. And then they just kind of let me like take some tuba sheet music or, or whatever was like the lowest, like contrabass, you know, written and just kind of like use that to learn do this, how to, how to sight read for bass. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, um, but it helped me a lot. Yeah. You know? I, I always, I think I've said <laughs> stuff like this before, but like, I feel like, you know, in a, in in that type of uh, performance, when the bass is bad, it is the easiest thing to tell that it's bad yep. than anything. So like, yeah. you know, when you see that person up there on the bass, you're like, this is the whole production is like riding on this person's shoulders. Like, I feel like, yeah, definitely. It's just like, when that's bad, you're, you know, you got seven violins that are all, they're, you know, they're having that choir effect where it's like if everything's right. a little off, it all evens out or whatever. And then you got the one person on the bass, and it's just like if that's bad, you're just like, oh goodness. Um, well, one, yeah, like one, like wrong note or whatever can not only can change the whole like chord structure. Mm-hmm. even as far as like the root note if you know that's like how it's written <laughs> like it can yeah it can kind of yeah um i've always just like had a lot of re- respect for that like especially in that setting you know just like if it's i don't know and and i mean i just in general really like um you know it's it's easy to pick at like any part of a you know traditional like rock um arrangement you know but most most time i think it's usually the basis then you're like as somebody that plays bass on a lot of my own recordings you're like um if the bass is bad like you just know it mm-hmm. like you just yeah. you don't you can't even hear you can't even hear like what exactly you know as somebody it's like i just played the drum so i know where things are supposed to be and right I'll go through and I'll lay down a bass track, like I'll lay down the whole album and, I, and I'll just be like, I don't know what's wrong, but I think it's the bass. And you go back and you fix that and you're just like, it works now. I don't, I didn't, I, well, I don't feel like I did anything different, but obviously something different happened, you know? It's just something about lo- like locking in with the drums too. I feel mm-hmm. like recording bass and drums separately ends up being really hard because you it's harder to lock in you know the and you you know if they're like that's like the only real like rhythm section of like mm-hmm. heavy heavier music that we play you know what i mean so mm-hmm. um i remember the first <clears throat> thing that i ever recorded that was like a solo project i yeah like tracked drums first and then tried tracking um bass after that and i was just like fucked like what did i do with the kit like i couldn't remember i was just kind of doing it on the fly like because i wasn't great at drums but i was like doing a bunch of takes because i just like couldn't 
remember exactly where I was like hitting, you know, the mm-hmm. kick pedal or anything for like certain certain riffs or um, patterns or whatever. And I just like couldn't lock it in. And I was like, it sounds like ball sack. <laughs> like, there's no way it's gonna sound good if I can't like get it, you know, sort yeah. of locked together. Yeah. But it almost like it feels like is. luck, you know, like when you're mm-hmm. when you're separating everything that way. But it's like I don't know. Over time, I guess I've just I've just been like uh, I've conditioned myself to trust in the the idea that like. Well, I just need to leave it alone for now and come back like yeah at some other point and run through it again, which is like you know the that's the luxury you have when you um record yourself, but the other end of that sword is that you could let yourself do that ad infinitum you know and and never yeah. get anything done, so right. you have to you know pick a pick a battle there just like anything else but uh yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I think like deadlines are, t- well, de- deadline is a scary word. Like as somebody w- like diagnosed with attention deficit disorder at a really young age, but um, I guess timelines are like constraints. I think are really good um, for creativity to really kind of shine. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. Giving giving yourself, um, I don't know got you know got certain guidelines i guess mm-hmm. is like a, a really good way to just kind of like let yourself actually get into a intentionally creative like space instead of just being like oh i can just, well, i'll just wait until the mood strikes me or right. whatever right but like making your brain actually work around like certain parameters that you give yourself yeah and, like you know yeah i, I mean really good like i don't know how many stories i've heard like Every band I've been in, there's someone in the band that tells a story about how the vocalist was writing the lyrics in the studio. And you're like, how long were y'all rehearsing these songs? And the vocalist like waited until the studio. It's like, and it's, and it's like, you know, I don't know, maybe for this particular person, that's just how they work. Like they have to be sure. told that this needs to be done by this time. And then... The, then they get the the spark they need to to make it happen. But it's just like I I feel like you know that's sort of that thing where a lot of people you're just waiting for the inspiration to strike you or something, but you don't do it. But whereas, like you said, you put yourself in that in those like in that position where you don't have a choice and. It feels weird at first, but eventually the rest just sort of kicks in, you know, and you and you're right. kinda like, Oh, okay, now that we're here, I get this, you know, I get it. Yeah, I can't imagine leaving something like lyrics until the last minute like that. Yeah, that's I, wild. It is <laughs> yeah quite wild to know. me. But. I've I already am like so I don't like to like put lyrics that I write in a lot of places. Like the rainmaking lyrics are only on the tape insert. And like not anywhere on the internet or anything. Like I just feel like I don't know. I'm I'm like I don't feel great about anything that I write really in the last like ten years at least. And so I I kinda like 
stress over it a lot, I guess, to the point where I'm just like, all right, well, maybe nobody even really has to like know what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> but like, I still, I still want it to to be at least something that I can like, lo- you know, look back at five years from now and be like, I, I still agree with those words at least, you know, because right. I ha- I remember writing some stuff when I was like a teenager, some bands that I was in that I was like doing vocals for, that like, sort of. I mean, in the frame of, like, my whole life, it was, like, basically immediately looking back and being, like, wow, that's kind of disgusting. Like, that's not, (laughs) that's not how I feel. Right. And that's not, you know what I mean? Right. But it, you know, it really took me, like, five years or whatever to be, like, I mean, you change so fast when you're between the ages, like, adolescence and, like, your 30s. I feel like you go through so many changes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, as someone who's like currently writing a lot of stories about like when I was a teenager, then I, I'm like, how did so much shit happen to me in like two years? It it feels like the whole rest of my life, not this much stuff has happened to me. I mean, it's not true that that's the case. It's just like the way things feel, you know? And like you said, like Mm. you go through so many changes and there's so many things like, you know, you're talking about, you look at these lyrics and immediately you're like, ah, but, um, <laughs> it's like, yeah. that's, that's what these formative experiences I think are supposed like, that's the kind of, um, like impact they're supposed to have on us. If we've really done some kind of work on ourselves, you know? Sure. Like, yeah. I mean, nobody's got it like all, nobody's, nobody's got it all figured out when they're that young. So I guess if you're looking back and like not finding that you've grown, then you must, it must mean you're still stuck in a, you know? Right. And I definitely know some people like that. Like some people I did play in bands with in high school. (laughs) It's like, like, whoa. Um, That's kind of where my, that's where my brother's (coughs) been too for like, quite a while now and it's kind of it's a bit of a bummer sometimes but yeah just like politically you know he's right. a little uh he got really into the like kind of like a punk that's like offensive just for the sake of being offensive mm-hmm. type of thing and he kind of just never really got out of it and it's politically it's kind of stunted him a little bit i think but mm. he's like my I feel like he's my responsibility, like, as, as my, not to say, like, he's, you know, he's, like, he's capable of wrapping his head around, like, certain things, but it's, like, um, I guess, I guess, like, you know, nobody, nobody really chooses to surround themselves with, like, people who are going to challenge their opinions that often, you know what I mean? Yeah, not But he's, he's mostly, other than his, other than his family, he's mostly around like-minded people. <laughs> yeah. So I do feel kind of a responsibility to be like, Hey, um, why, why, like, why do you hate homeless people so much? Do you want to unpack that with me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, well, you know, yeah. that's, that's not a word that that group of people likes to hear. <laughs> like, right. Let's, let's just, let's just figure it out. I don't let's, know. Let's work on that for a second. Talk about it. Yeah. 
one thought that I had uh, before we went on this tangent, which you know I'm I'm always happy to go on a tangent, but um, is sure. uh, I wondered like is there a standard that you're holding your lyrics to like other than like your own? Is there like are are you just you read some folks' lyrics and you're like blown away and you're just like fuck until I get that good just like fuck everything I do or is it just what you said before <laughs> where it's just like you feel like in hindsight you know you weren't that happy with what you know you've done before and so you're a little apprehensive or I think that it's just when I write words it's hard for me not to just come purely come from a place of like just personal sort of feelings and emotions that I have dealt with or whatever. Like that's, that's what comes out when I try to write things. I, mm-hmm. I would like to, you know, be able to write about things that are less like self-centered, but like, mm-hmm. I mean, I have, you know, it's not like I don't have things to say that are like, you know, politically charged say, or like, you know, things like that. But I think it's just like, I guess I do. I, I want the, music that I make to be like you know cathartic like that's that's a big point of it for me but so but I also I just live with like a sometimes like debilitating amount of self-loathing so that, that mm-hmm. just kind of makes like when I'm writing about my like experience I'm also just like like well I don't know I well, you suck. So like, maybe you deserve to feel this way. Like maybe you deserve to feel shitty or like, maybe you deserve to struggle with like substances, you know, or like, I don't know. I, I think I'm just, I'm hard on myself because like, I, I don't really like myself all the time. So that's probably part of it. It's I think it's probably less about like holding myself to a, to an artistic standard and more just like, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to like, uh, it's easy to throw that out there as as a part of like your uh, dealing with these feelings, but it's like hard to j- leave remnants of these these pasts, like parts of yourselves, like in the right. ether forever. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, and like yeah, because like I'll look back on like read something about like something I was struggling with or whatever. Um, a while later and just be like, shut the fuck up. Like, nope, who right. cares? <laughs> like, right. like right. Ugh, gender, like, ooh, alcoholism, like, who the fuck cares? Like, <laughs> and even though it's like, you know, it's what I needed to get out at the time. But Yeah, and I mean, I know. you know, somebody else could be at that point and, you know, like... That's true. Yeah. Uh, you five years ago could be somebody right now and they needed to read that or whatever, but... That's not to like, you know, like, that's not to say that the way that you want to um, put yourself and your ideas out there isn't like, obviously, like, whatever call you make is your call, you know? And it's just like, but yeah, I don't know. I've always tried to kind of like look at things, uh, you know, under um, all these different ways like I don't know I it's almost like feels like 
just making excuses for like myself or something, but it's just like really, you know, the things that I thought I got wrong or whatever, like could be instructional, you know, or, or whatever to other people. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if that's coming across the way that I, you know, hope it is, but no, <laughs> I get, no, I get what you're saying. And I feel like, like, I don't know. I think I remember the, the first time that somebody said that, like some shit that I made, like resonated with them on a personal level or whatever. I don't, I didn't like know how to react. Like mm-hmm. I was like, you know, flattered, but then also like, damn, like, what did I even, what, like, what was I even getting at with that? And, like, what what part of that resonated with them? Like, mm-hmm. but, all, but like, also, like, I don't know. It, it's, like, a, it feels it feels good to know that, like, something you made was, like, important to somebody else. But also, it, then, it, then it feels like a responsibility a little bit, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Which can be scary. But yeah. I think, like, I mean, like, you were talking about, about starting to do comics um, and not and sort of like not try or trying not to be super concerned with like how it's going to be critiqued. You know, um, I honestly, I think about like these days, at least like 90% of the music that I make is like, nobody hears it. Like it's, I, I make a lot of music just in my apartment, just for me. Like I write, I write a lot of songs that like, I don't really ever, (laughs) ever show to anybody. I, I, I just sit around and play guitar a lot. I play acoustic guitar and, and do like f- sort of fingerstyle stuff. And mm-hmm. um, and it's still it's still music that I there's still songs that I spend a lot of time on and like practice and stuff. But it's not stuff that anybody hears or like and maybe ever will. Um, but it's like that. There's something about that that's like I think brings a lot of joy too. It's just not yeah. having to worry about. Ha, uh, you know, having a responsibility to whoever's going to hear it. <laughs> yeah, or, you know like, I mean? live up to your previous, like, um, your previous efforts, you know? Like, there's, right, yeah. there's all kinds of reasons not... I mean, like, I used to be sort of... Like, I used to do that a lot more. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of the stuff that I work on now, I, I, I do, you know, with the intent to uh, show it to people and stuff, but I used to just write, like, so much stuff, like... I had this one song that I just like really enjoyed this song and I recorded it like a few different ways. And, um, I don't know. I, 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 um, I never had like lyrics or like, I never like felt like this song was about anything, but I had this vocal melody that I liked a lot. And what I could figure out that I was like saying when I was just like, humming this vocal melody was like the right red hand of doom which is like hellboy you know and uh so i, I just don't know uh, it's just it's just like the the character hellboy uh he's like a demon you know and um right he's summoned by rasputin and to end the world and he oh, has okay. this right. his right hand is way bigger than the rest of his body and it's called the right, the right red hand of doom, and um, like that's what I could figure out. I was saying, so I just wrote the rest of the song about Hellboy, and I was like, about I'll never, I'll never show this song to anyone, but like I really enjoyed it, and I had lots of little like 
songs that occasionally somebody would hear it a bit of it or something like I'd want to use something for an interlude and it's been referred to as like you know like whacked out elevator music or something like that <laughs> you know yeah it's like yeah I mean part of the process is the process and enjoying the process you know so right I mean it's yeah. all it's all for the sake of like growth I mean I yeah the um music that I write that nobody hears is also like to, to push myself, you know, and like to, to, to get better at, at writing music. Um, but then like, I mean, struggling with lyrical content and then just landing on like, you know what, I'll just write about this comic. Like that, that's something that I've definitely done. I think when the first sky above and earth below, um, release that was like when it, like a solo project of mine, when I was like in high school, um, I didn't know what to write the lyrics about. Um, and, cause I wasn't really like doing a lot of that. And I ended up just writing it as like a concept EP about the legend of Zelda Ocarina of time. <laughs> was that quest timescape or yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I have to I like one of, check that one out of the under that about Majora's mask, I think, but the rest are about, yeah. Yeah. I'll have to listen to I mean, that. I was just that. like, with context that? i'll have to listen to that with that context yeah yeah i mean it's like a little cringe now for sure well i um i hadn't listened to like the you know the um parting ways was the one that like i've had on vinyl and stuff and um that was mm-hmm. the, that was the way, the one that i listened to the most and and like for well i guess it was kind of like the final release in a way i mean y'all had the other singles that you had put out but um right yeah but yeah i just totally like since the first time i had heard of y'all i just totally forgot about that first one until i was like went to the band camp you know the other day to like look at some dates and stuff like when y'all were active and all that and i was like Mm. oh shit like forgot about this other thing um (laughs) but yeah that's probably for the better but (laughs) But um yeah, parting ways too. I had to give myself like a I had to I had to give myself constraints to like be able to write any of those lyrics. Um so it ended up being a concept album even though like we didn't really talk about it being a concept album, but I just I ended up having to like I gave myself like a story to write about and wrote the lyrics about that basically just so that I could manage to get something out. Mm-hmm. Um and honestly, I mean to me those lyrics are funny now because I wrote like the story that I decided to do it about is about like, it was about like a, a kid, like losing a friend, basically like a kid's a kid whose friend dies, I guess. And like dealing with that. And at the time I didn't have any like close friends that have died. And now I'm in my thirties and I'm like, I'm at the age where like your friends just like keep dying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's now something that I have like as an adult have dealt with like, more than once. Um, and now, yeah, looking back at those it words now, it feels a little like, different. Yeah, it does feel, yeah, a yeah. lot different. I mean, it's still like it was a story, but it's still like not how I would go about writing about something like that now that I've mm-hmm. gone through it a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was gonna ask, you know, um, because I don't know of any projects that you were involved in. Uh, except I know that you went on tour with Carrie in spring, but like, were you 
involved in any projects between Sky Above and Rainmaking, or have you just um, focusing on few... other things? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I've been in a few. Yeah, I mean, I was also like all throughout high school, and after high school, I was like kind of the kid that was just in a million bands at once all the time. Mm-hmm. And Sam, too. So me and Sam were kind of the same way. We went to the same high school. Sam, who's the drummer of um, of Rainmaking, and and was the drummer of Sky Above. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the la- I mean, in the last few years, I've just been like filling in with like I I I like filling in on bass with bands just because it's easy for me. I really enjoy playing bass. I'm like pretty. I'm like good at it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a nice way to like if I'm not in a project that is able to tour at the moment like it's a it's a nice way for me to be able to like keep touring i guess Mm -hmm. but so i did a european tour with um that band mercy ties oh right a few years ago on bass that was really fun um yeah i toured with carrion spring um uh adam's other band that i don't think he ever toured with this but um said goner he Mm -hmm. was he put together a a live band um that that i was in that just played a lot of shows in portland for a little bit um and we had two different we had two different versions of it one of them i played electric bass and and did like a little like stomp box um drum machine kind of thing at the same time Mm -hmm. and then another version of it was acoustic and i did upright bass um like arco which was really fun because I was also studying, I was in college at the time, like studying orchestral bass and like um, solo upright bass. Um, so I was having a lot of fun with that. Yeah, I heard about that. And um, yeah, like, you know, because cause Adam was like really, really stoked about that. And I, I wish, like, I, I wish I would have gotten to see that at, at some point. But um, yeah, that brings me to like, uh, you know, another question, which is just like, so you're kind of like, you're filling in and, and, um, you're sort of doing like all this music, you know, by yourself and for yourself, like what made the, like, what made it the right time to do a project like Rainmaking where you're just like, okay, like, we're, you know, let's throw everything back out there and see see what happens. I think um, <clears throat> part of it was I had a a couple of really low valleys of depression, um, like and like needed to get back on um, mood stabilizers for a while, but it was like really um, feeling like it had been sort of too long since I had uh, like done anything that I felt really proud of. (laughs) And I was like, fuck, what if this gets really bad and I like don't make it out? And then, you know, and then I haven't done anything good, like in the last, you know, six years before I, you know, like (laughs) don't make it out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Alive. Um, and I, so I, I mean, that's, it's not, that's probably not an answer that anyone wants to hear, but (laughs) But that's kind of like, that is, I think, where part of it was coming from for me. It was like, I don't know. Um, I didn't want to, like, lose myself to depression and and have not done anything that I felt good about before that, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I think it, the fact that you found something like anything is, I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad for that. And I mean, me too, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, it's been okay since then. So yeah. it's just like, yeah. um, you know, like I, uh, a, a, a writer that I like Matt Fraction one time he re- he replied to someone about like, uh, you know, like how do you deal with like de- depression or how, how would you advise someone to help whatever? And it's like, I don't know, you know, it's like he said, like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like what one thing you decide is like your reason to like keep fighting or whatever, however you want to put it. Uh, but he's like, just when you find that thing, like, just, just let, like, latch on to that. And, um, if music is, is anything to me, that's also that thing to me. It's like, I, you know, so, so many times, like I've, um, you know, I don't, I've never really been that candid about this, but like, there's been times when I'm like, after, uh, after I finish this record, that's it. And um, yeah, something will I, happen. I can relate to that. You know, something will happen, and and I don't know. Something changes. You know, and I'm I'm glad for that. But like, yeah, it's it seems like it's always music that like you know. And if if any if anything I've ever done has been that thing for other people, or if any, you know what I mean. That's all we can ask for, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. I mean, not to just like act like that wasn't a thing that we just talked about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I where, mean, do, I'm, where do you I'm, go from I there? Enjoy you know, being pretty candid about stuff like that. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like no, I kind of the only way to. I don't have a I don't have an issue with it like I'm not trying to not be I just have never it's never come like that you know uh thank and, you for sharing this space with me right now Sean Yeah yeah likewise <laughs> thank you said you know like you said since then it's been going pretty well so i'm taking that to mean that you know rainmaking is a thing and it's it's going to be a thing going forward um so what can you tell me about like uh any plans that y'all have you know for future releases or whatever i know everything is like way you know 
like up in the air, yeah. especially at, you know, this particular moment, but like, um, you know, have you been working on more stuff and are you planning on like, you know, recording some more songs and stuff? Yeah. Um, I'm, I've been writing more stuff and, um, I think we're, we're not trying to do anything too crazy this calendar year, but we want to at least do like, um, a couple of, you know, either singles or like one song splits or something. I really want to do a collaboration with another local artist, but, um, I, I don't think it's something I should really like talk about, Mm -hmm. um, much right now. But anyway, I want to do like some kind of collaboration. Um, but yeah, just like a couple of things here and there we want to do. And then like maybe hopefully there's talk about playing some shows outside of Portland, but that's uh, very up in the air, obviously. Yeah. Um, but we're just getting momentum back because right after we recorded that EP, um, in our practice space, there was a fire in our practice space. And then we were, we were without a place to play for like almost a year after that. Um, it was just really hard to find another space. And so we kind of just started really getting back together like a couple of months ago. And so we're just, we're sort of getting back into, getting back into the groove right now. Yeah. But yeah, we're there's more stuff to do. I definitely like, yeah, I am doing better than I was before, <laughs> before we like uh, really bit into or got down to business with the EP. And now that it's out, I feel like it ended up sounding, it ended up being way better than any of us kind of like thought thought it would. And so we're like, all right, yeah, we let's do some more stuff. Like let's see where let's see if we can do stuff that's better than this now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, a lot of people, I, I guess, you know, uh, the sky above, like, had fallen off of people's radar. So, um, you know, since since I had met you way back then, like, you know, uh, we didn't exactly, like, always talk all the time or anything, but t- tangentially right. I always kind of, like, knew whether, and I remember you being, like, at some point just being like, Oh, it's this new thing coming or something. And, and so when it dropped, like it didn't surprise me, like, but a lot of people were like, where did this band come from? You know, like what (laughs) the fuck? And, uh, I was just like, I knew this was going to be good. You know, um, (laughs) that's super super nice. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, um, usually like there's, there's, um, a lot of like questions that you know I'd I'd like to ask about like uh, you know people's experiences like touring and stuff um, and uh, you know we kind of like uh, jumped jumped the gun on a bunch of that but um yeah <laughs> like uh, what what um like if if uh, if there's any like favorite touring experience that you have like what um specifically can you tell us about like the most memorable experience or like you're just generally your favorite part of touring and playing music in front of people um i think realizing a lot of a lot of those experiences for me are gonna be from like the one time i got to go to europe Mm -hmm. because every everything is so much different there 
Yeah, for sure. Um, with just with, I mean, with the scene, with booking, with promoting, with playing, with the kind of like just with the, <clears throat> I don't know, everything is obviously culturally so much different. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, like getting getting a getting like two free meals and a place to sleep every night was that's that's a pretty good memory right. <laughs> of that. Right. <laughs> Like, yeah, um, it's like when you see those shows, uh, like about like, you know, maybe like not like set in medieval times, but shows like The Witcher or something and like the bard comes in and, and you're like, P- these people are being treated way too kindly. But then you have like similar experiences in Europe where they you show up and they're like, this is the band. And they're like, come eat. And then they're like, yes, yes, <laughs> drink and be merry. And then, yes. you know. The, the VP password is on the fridge. <laughs> the VP, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think also another one about, your, well, when it, that one in Europe we were playing with, um, Birds and Row took us out there. And um, so we played some, like, bigger, like, fests. We played, like, one or two, like, really big fests. But... Got to do like Fluff Fest and stuff, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing just being at Fluff Fest was great because it was just like Screamo Warp Tour, basically. Um, right. And but bigger fests like that, um, I think I just got a chance to play in front of more than like a hundred people for the first time ever, like like hundreds of people, and I thought it would be really really nervous, but it was nice to to do it a couple of times and be like I, I actually wasn't that nervous like that was that was pretty good that was I felt good about that yeah um so it's it was cool it was really cool to learn that I that that's a thing I can do not I mean not that I I don't know if I'm ever gonna get a chance to do something like that again but if it did happen to you know if that opportunity did come up I would feel confident about it now you know? yeah that did was you... I mean that was pretty exhilarating you know Going into it, did you think that like you're just gonna look at the crowd and just freeze, or, or, or did you think that it was gonna be something that you were just like cognizant of the entire time, and then like yeah, I guess I just I thought I was gonna be too in my head. I still even get even playing like basement shows. I still just get it's not necessarily stage fright or like performance anxiety even, but it's just I think I think about my performance too much and I, I just cramp like my hand gets really crampy mm-hmm. and I can't do this is like when I was honestly sometimes the less people are watching the worse I remember when I was in college um, I would do like solo bass repertoire for we had to do these thing called jury recitals um, which is you basically you practice a, a couple of solo pieces and you play them in a big empty um, like recital hall and there's just like two people watching you. It's like the the dean of the school of music, and then like one or two other people, basically that like you'll never see any other time. And they judge you, and they give you a grade for the whole semester based on that one performance. Um, and that was like the most nerve wracking shit, like for me. Even though it was just a couple people, but it was just like I don't know. And when when I when you think about it too much and your hand starts to cramp up, it's just like there's no getting out of it at a certain point. Like you're just your hand's not gonna do what you need it to do, what you want it to do, and what you know it can do because you practice it a bunch. 
but there's just no kind of like you can't like stop in the middle and just kind of shake your hand off and like you know do a little stretch and then get back into it because you're already in the middle of performing right so there's no pick slides in that (laughs) i mean (laughs) unfortunately yeah zero pick slides in 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 classical bass repertoire but um the dean of but, students does not care if you roll around on the ground crying. Like <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. Does not care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but oh, one other thing I wanted to say about Europe that was like a, a touring moment that was really great for me was just I think it was the first time I had been on a beach with a like in a bathing suit and having a body that like looks very trans, you know what I mean? Like having Mm -hmm. a visibly like gender fucked kind of physical form, um, uh, having curves and lumps in places that I guess not a lot of people in America expect to see them all at the same time. Okay. But we were on a beach in France and, uh, we had like a day off. And nobody cared. No, nobody really, like, nobody was staring at me like they do in America usually. Like, nobody was nobody was concerned with the type of body I had. Hmm. And that was, that was really great. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was I, very cool. I mean, I... It's like you would think that it just... You would think that's not a thing that would make such an impression on people like because yep you'd hope at least yeah because you just think like everybody's here to have a good time and mind their own business about other people's bodies you know right and so you'd think like but that's yeah that's not well it's just been politicized too in in the uh in this continent, at least, yeah, um, feels weird to have a body that is like inherently. This isn't necessarily something I wanted to talk about. I don't like, you know, like when things are like have to be focused on like my gender experience or whatever. But it is like, you know, something worth bringing up. But yeah, it's weird to be in a body that just like where I where I am is like, unfortunately inherently sort of politically charged in a lot of spaces you know yeah against against my will yeah um and i've been like you know chased out of chased out of certain places on tour in america just for um looking or sounding the way that i do um like i've been chased out of a love's bathroom (laughs) I had security called on me in a love's bathroom one time. I was I've been chased out of a Walmart like by a group of teenagers. Um, you know. But in Europe yeah. everybody was chill. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah. It's yeah, I don't know, like like I say, I mean like it's just what's it's like I think I I think I like remember I can't remember who said it, but it was like there was this um there was this thing about like you know what what women would do if there were no men around or something like what like what kinds of things 
would they do? And it was like um, really just simple shit like, oh, I'd go running at night, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's like equating that to like other types of experiences and you're just thinking to yourself like, you know, all somebody has to do is really just like mind their own business and and right. like, yeah, anybody can like none of these experiences that we find like uh, um incredibly special and leave these leave these impressions on us would be anything remarkable you know right like um but like you said this like people's bodies and especially in you know in the United States it seems like the way that they're they're politicized to the point where, you know, fucking people are having three-day uh, tirades about um, M&Ms, you know, or whatever. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's it's so wild. I'm glad that came up. <laughs> yeah, I mean. and, and you But just... yeah, I mean, like, I would love to just be able to take a piss or, or buy some fucking Dramamine in a Walmart, you know, yeah. without... Without yeah. having to fear, you know? Yeah. I was thinking, it's kind of funny that, like, the 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 reason, I guess, that you asked me to come chat was, I, or sort of, I guess, like, got brought up because of a band that I play guitar in, and I ended up not talking at all about, <laughs> about playing guitar, or, like, how I started playing guitar or anything like that, which is funny, because that's kind of how I always think about me playing guitar, is I just kind of do it. I end up doing it because I just, you know, it's like a control issue. I just want too much control over, to, you know, tonally, like where the music I write is going. Uh-huh. But if I could get away with it, I would just play bass on everything. But, <clears throat> but yeah, it's, I just, I guess I was thinking about that. Like, yeah. Cause I've also been playing guitar since I was like 10 too. Um, and I'm, I know I'm not bad at it, but it's a lot just, of times I would rather not, you know? Yeah. But it's something about the way that a guitar tends to um, take control of the, uh, the direction, I guess, you know? Yeah, uh, the composition, I guess. Yeah, is... yeah. And... Um, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, what's the other option like write the songs and then show them to somebody and then they don't quite get it the way you want it or you know like yeah i don't yeah i don't trust that (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i've been i've been in that uh i i've been in that situation way too many times where it's like you know like for for quite a while like i was recording like all of the instruments myself and stuff and uh and other people were playing with me live and um and you know when we start getting ready for a tour it'd be like okay so we're not doing that one uh you know or, or whatever and um yeah it's not it's not even to say that anybody that I've played with was like bad it's just like one of those things where they're not you, you know, so it's not. Yeah, it's allowed. You're allowed to have like control issues with music you write, I guess. Yeah. You know, like 
I um I spent like like when I was talking about like all throughout like high school and even middle like I started playing in bands in like middle school, um like playing hardcore music and and such. Um, but I was always um, playing a lot of other people's music for a really long time. Um, and like I was playing drums in bands and guitar and bass and stuff and singing. And uh, it, none of it was really like music that I was was writing and it felt nice to like, I felt like I was good at just sort of coming up with parts to other people's stuff or like learning other people's songs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, on on whatever um and then by the time it came that i was confident enough to like write my own stuff i think yeah i was just too like yeah i don't know became like i don't trust anyone to really convey what i want to convey because i had gotten like decent enough at at all of the instruments that i was playing that i like just kind of like knew exactly how i wanted them to sound um like basically um, but yeah, I don't know. I miss playing, I miss playing drums though, too. I used to, I, I mean, I was, I played drums in a band in like an emo band for like a solid, like three years without ever owning a drum set. <laughs> um, and just would like borrow, like we went on tour and stuff and just was constantly borrowing all like not like breakables included, like everything. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. But, uh, I just, I guess I just like didn't suck enough that people were like okay with it. <laughs> what band was that? But, um, that was a band called Zoo Girl. Okay. We did like a, a short tour with Duck Little Brother Duck back in like 2010. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, we like had a lot of recordings that ended up getting getting uh, shelved just because of member issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. but yeah. Yeah, playing drums is a lot of fun, especially, like, I don't know. It, I feel like I enjoy playing other people's songs more than I enjoy playing my own. Yeah. But um, I don't know why that is. I, 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 um, I think, like, I think I make... I think I when I it, am... Uh, writing a song knowing I'm going to play drums, I I hinge too much on, of the performance on that aspect. And I think it, it, that can certainly work if somebody has, like, a lot more chops than me. But it's sure. like, I feel like what I'm doing is just putting a lot of pressure on myself to perform at a level that is constantly out of my reach or something. I'm not really sure that that, if that's just something that tracks for like every drummer or if, you know, that's, if that's something that anything. tracks for me with, with playing guitar too. Yeah. 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 I like, I like writing stuff that pushes me as a musician that I can like barely play and that like, yeah. I know it's going to make me better through yeah. playing it. Yeah. But like with drums, I never, I never, I guess I never bothered to, it's funny that like the, actually the first band I was ever in that like played shows, I played drums in, I was in a band called, a hardcore band called Jumanji. I was in like eighth, (laughs) seventh or eighth grade, I think with like a bunch of older kids. Um, but, and I like did drumline in middle school and stuff. So I wasn't like, I wasn't not a percussionist at all, but I definitely was just, it wasn't 
it was just fun. It was purely like fun. Um, and I wasn't really thinking about becoming a better drummer because <laughs> yeah. I was like 13. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but, yeah. I think to get better, you have to you be like in that mindset, but like, um, you shouldn't you shouldn't do that to yourself and then hit record i think that's my problem <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean we, i like like i said i do that with like i mean all the stuff that i write now for rainmaking and but i have to sam and i have to give ourselves like months to really work on it um to like actually like we'll write something that's ridiculous for both of us and then we spend a lot of time practicing it um before we try to do anything with it and then like usually by the time that by the time that they and i have figured out exactly like what we want to do with a certain riff or song and then and like got good at it then caitlin can come in and like really write some bass content that like elevates it more after that and then sometimes that throws everything into like rhythmically we'll be like rethinking everything after that because we're like oh wait what if we actually you know what i mean like yeah it's sometimes it's sometimes a really long process to like to get something ready um if you're if you're really trying to write something that's going to make you a better musician um but i don't know yeah i mean it's i think the process is worth it sam and i have been playing together for years for over a decade now and um we have always we've been doing that pretty much the whole time we've been playing together trying to write stuff that is going to push both of us and we're also like because we both have like rhythmic backgrounds like one of the constraints that we'll put on ourselves in writing that helps our creativity kind of get out is we'll literally just be like at work and texting each other and like oh i thought of this cool rhythm and like write out a rhythm like text a picture of it to the other person and be like, Oh, it's sick. That is cool. And then like get together and like figure out something that like, we have to stick to that rhythm or whatever. Like I can do whatever I want and they can do whatever they want. But like, we'll like start out with just, just an idea for like a ridiculous rhythm, um, like a ridiculous beat and then work outward from there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. That's, I don't know. It's great. I love writing music with Sam. They're they're my best friend in the world. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to do it with anybody else, really. And that was my conversation with Miller Rada. Thank you so much, Miller, for taking the time to chat with me. Eagerly awaiting what Rainmaker does in the future. Until next time, take care and do good things.